listening to the All Things Geekery podcast. This is episode six of season four, and this one's called Summerfest. I'm your host, Detached. Hey, guys, and I'm Victus. Well, guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. We hope you all are doing well wherever you guys are and you're feeling good. If you're new around here, be sure to subscribe, share, and we hope you all enjoy this show. In this episode, we talk about games with the new announcement regarding Summer Fest, Summer Game Fest, excuse me, and the latest Assassin's Creed game. And we also go into speculations about the soon coming Xbox Insider event. Wrapping up the episode, we will talk about some of the streaming shows and movies we are looking forward to in the coming year. But before all that, we always have a recap and detached. I hear you're now a pro MMO player. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny, uh, you know, we've talked frequently and uh, yeah, MMOs have just been one of my favorite types of games. And, uh, you know, there for a long time, I had tons of fun with them. And the MMOs are in a really strange place right now. So a lot of them just have old technology and, uh, you know, they, they kind of got some dust on the shelves. But uh, I have had the itch to play an MMO and I played Lord of the Rings online for years and I kind of got spoiled with it. So after shoot four and a half almost five years of not playing i came back and you hated the game i've hated every second of it actually i've put a lot of hours back into the game already <laughs> it's really so, dumb it is the only thing i was playing the lord of the rings online playing the lord of the rings i was like wow I'm, i i have i have it's, played it's like you're me back in college when i was playing wow yeah, I have played nothing else. Um, I, I forgot how much I really enjoyed the game. So, so I, have you ever been a, a subscriber to Lord of the Rings before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, it, yeah. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. The, the game came out in 2007. So they just celebrated their 13th year. Yeah, crazy. 13-year-old game. And I don't remember what update they're on as far as the number goes, but they've got so many expansions and stuff that have come out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got a pretty healthy player base still. Um, I just joined a new kin, and it's funny. They're only two months old, so they're kind of a baby when it comes to the game. Yeah, a lot of them are fairly new. But just in a couple of months, there's already almost 280 players in this one kin. Wow. Yeah, the, the recruiters are doing a pretty good job and uh, a very active server. Over the last few years, they've, they've done a big condensing on their, on their servers. They've you know, shut down the ones that just weren't productive and they did a, a server transfer. So, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been good. They've got a new level cap. Um, just released a brand new update uh, last week or week before. So you get to open up some more of uh, the map and, and learn more of the story. And then I think they've got another one coming this summer. So some cool stuff. You know, if you're a if you're a Tolkien head and uh, you you love the lore, 
kind of where they're at in the story. They uh, Sauron has been defeated. The ring of power is gone. And uh, now Eric Warren has not quite been crowned king yet. He he hasn't gone through the ceremony, but they're they're basically doing the cleanup process of all the kind of outlying areas. And they're trying to get their campaigns together to clean up all the destruction from Mordor. Because Lord of the Rings Online doesn't follow the Peter Jackson movie, right? It does. It follows the books. It follows the books from from. Yeah. So the the way they laid the game out was you had, uh, you know, typical MMO stuff, um, crafting main storyline, side quests, anything that you could do, festivities, events, different, uh, different things. So they always do a, a spring, summer, fall and winter event, some type of themed Tolkien event. And it's usually around music or, or some type of food fest because, you know, hobbits, they eat a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah um but the the way they did their main uh, what they call the epic story is the epic story was broken down into chapters of the books so basically you play almost scripted to what the book was in a virtual game with an mmo wow. twist of course yeah so you you know, you've got the immemorial grind that goes with it, but you sure. learn the characters and what really happened and, and who did what and how things got affected. And yeah, and it has taken a long time for that book to unfold. Because <laughs> they, they still got a couple more expansions to go, right? According to the books. Yeah. So, I mean, the the main storyline is done. Like I said, Sauron is finished now. Uh, Ring of Power has been destroyed. Uh, Frodo and and his merry clan are kind of in that resting phase. Um, you know, if you look at Gandalf and where he is, they are getting Aragorn prepped to become king. Even though he's defeated Sauron, the the movie makes it look like it is literally right after the ring was destroyed that he became king. Um, there was actually a really long period. Um, of things that Aragorn still did before he was crowned the true king. So that's something that Gandalf is is getting everything prepped and done. Um, this summer we're supposed to have the marriage event of Aragorn and Erwin. So we're actually supposed to be able to witness him becoming king and uh, actually see it up on Minas Tirith in front of the white tree. And that's supposed to be kind of the the send-off for the age of man, right? So, I mean, we saw we saw three ages in the books, and the fourth age was the age of man. So the game's going to continue on with some of the untold stories in the fourth age, uh, but the game is coming to, you know, its end. Been around 13, 14 years now. Um, I started playing the game in 2007. Wow. A long time. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. I mean, stuck with it, and, and the screenshots you've posted in Discord. I mean, for for the age of the game, they get to some points that it looks really good. The game is beautiful. I mean, being able to see Middle Earth visualized from the book, um, it's a really pretty landscape. I mean, the game does show its age. You know, it's a it's an old game machine that uh, these these things are running on. It's a lot of a lot of old technology, but. Yeah, for the most part, they've done a good job of making sure the game is cleaned up as best as they can and and work. Um, it does have some bugs right now, 
So, um, Warner brothers actually owned the, uh, the game rights for a long time in a company called turbine. I don't know if you remember them, but they don't sound familiar. Yeah, this was, this was their biggest IP was, um, Lord of the Rings. They, they kind of fell off. And then uh, a group of the developers that didn't like the direction of the company where they were going broke off and, and created a company called standing stone games. And they okay. purchased the IP and they've gotten um, funding from, you know, different avenues and they've taken over the rights of the game. They kicked Warner brothers out. Uh, they brought all, they bought all the rights back from them. Um, and the Tolkien family actually kind of stepped in and said, look, um, you can't be doing this Warner brothers. So you go, you all are out. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So they bought the IP, kicked Warner Brothers out. Tolkien family came in and said, no, you can't do this. Bye. Yeah. So then who'd they give it back to? Standing Stone Games. Oh, did so they? Standing Stone has full rights in everything of the game. Wow. So the developers who originally started creating the game uh, back in the day are the ones who own the IP now. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, I look forward to continuing hearing about the expansions going forward. Of course, yeah, I'm kind of excited. I think parts uh, now that I don't know about because I haven't read the books. Oof, that heart, that that old English. The, you know, they 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 make updated versions of the books that uh, are not old English, and they they, they make really? audio books. Like that is actually you know, unknown to me. Really? Some, some, there are people who will read the books to you. You just stick an earphone in and, uh, yeah, it's new technology. I've been around for a couple yeah. months. Technology. But I'll, I'm going to have to check in that because I, I didn't know that was, they, they had updated it to be modern English. Yeah, there I are mean, a lot I of the books actually, out there. I think I tried to get into it, uh, but it was, 15 years ago that I tried to get into them. You should definitely look into it. Yeah. But I think the Chronicles of Narnia took my attention over Lord of the Rings. I was reading through that book at the same time. I love Narnia. It's a fantastic story. Yeah. It was good. The entire book on a trip. Good. But anyway, so that that's the game you've been playing. That's the game I've been playing that and baking cakes. (laughs) Good combo. Good combo. (laughs) Playing games and baking cakes. (laughs) <laughs> just need to turn that into a baking channel while gaming uh, i see that as a huge yeah, hit yeah twitch phenomenon it's right there <laughs> it would have it his own category <laughs> <laughs> but uh i've actually got into a game that uh i i don't know if i just thought it was a minecraft knockoff or or what i can't really explain it but i finally Finally picked up the game, finally started up after owning four or five copies of the game across different platforms. Terraria. Um and uh it's a little interesting to get used to because you're dealing with the block architecture of what we've been used to in my what I've been used to in Minecraft. Then you go side scroller and keep that same architect of block placement and all that, but you ramped up the customization by 11 with a crafting system that is really cool. 
Um, and I would say much deeper than what we see in Minecraft. Uh, with bosses, so many bosses. And it's honestly kind of centered around them, too. You're always gearing up to fight the next big bad boss. Whatever it may be on whatever difficulty you have. Um, been, been streaming that. And at first I was. Uh, I was frustrated because after so <laughs> many updates, there's a lot to take in and knowing the little intricacies about how to get around the world efficiently and to do crafting and where to really go. Cause it just drops you in. You're like, uh, yeah, it's hard. Uh, and you got a guide there. You got to, but he just tells you, Oh, you can do some crafting. Oh, you could probably, um, probably should build some houses for people to come here. Oh, maybe this person will come. They don't tell you about bosses. Like my first boss, I was just chugging along. I'd upgraded some things. And all of a sudden it said the eye of, uh, uh, Cthulhu is on you. I was like, wait, wait, what, what, what is happening right now? And, uh, sure enough, my first boss fight just out of the blue. Luckily I had a really God level boomerang and took him out with it. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I now after playing it for, I'm probably 23 hours in the game. I'm, I'm addicted. Like it's just yeah. another aspect of what I love about Minecraft, but with I wish they would like combine together with the different aspects, the, the depth, the boss fights, the combat of Terraria, but in Minecraft. And yes, I know there are some of you that oh, you could get that in mods right now. I get that, but there's. And this is how I played Minecraft since day one. I have never installed a mod for the game. I play it vanilla. You ask me why? And honestly, I don't know. I just enjoy playing that the game because that's that's what it is at its core. Um, and also because most of the texture packs I download for it only work on the vanilla aspect. Um, so. Yeah, but, uh, yeah that's the, what, uh, some of the photos that you've been sending over of the texture packs are insane. Yeah. So my, my favorite texture pack to date, and I don't think I'll ever change is called Sapix craft. Um, it changes everything to be more vibrant. Um, very immediately from the tools to the icons on the screen, they're more high resolution because uh, it comes in different, uh, different per block resolutions from all the way down from 64 up to 512 resolution per block. Uh, so depending on the graphics and, and your computer, it just depends on which version you want to download. But it gives a very, uh, how, how they created things, it gives a very RPG feel, like a JRPG feel to Minecraft with the graphics. Because cool. I'll go, I've gone and played on my Xbox on Minecraft. I'm like, oh, oh God. Oh, what is this drab area? And <laughs> it just, it just, it does. But then taking it a next step further, I've finally found or finally let Optifine, which if any of you out there don't know, is the go-to uh, shader tool that you want to download if you want to look at installing shaders for Minecraft, because it does a lot of the backend work for you and you just plug and play the shaders that you want. Been waiting many times to for optifine to finally update to minecraft's most uh, latest version which is 1.15 to get them to work together so i got it downloaded grabbed me a whole bunch of sh uh, shaders and started going to work to see which one worked and 
all but one of them worked with my texture pack, but oh my goodness. Yeah, Does it make Minecraft look that. gorgeous? Yeah, it was amazing looking. Yeah, I uh and now because I've gotten so used to it moving within that shader, even though I still have the texture pack applied, it's like it's boring. Um and that also ties into the appeal of RTX. Which some say it was as simple as button plus, and I, I will admit that I haven't I know it's out there and it's available, but I don't know what limitations are around it. Uh, if anybody has access to it or you have to be very specific of how you integrate it into Minecraft, etc. Um, but the combination of those two and, and the shaders you can get, you can you can make the illusion that RTX is on. Wow. Of course, it's doing the same shadow stuff that uh, and water stuff that we've done for years of gaming, whereas RTX is just a different level of light, hence its name ray tracing. So right. um, there will uh, I will look into it. But uh, yeah, for all you out there playing Minecraft, go on PC, go down the download Optifine. The instructions are super simple. Find you some shader plaques, apply them. And just look at what you've been missing regarding that and go grab you some texture packs at the same time. You got to mix and match. They don't always work to work good together. Like I went through several trying to find one that worked good with Zepis crap, but I found currently the one that I'm using is the Silders Vibrant Shader. And I post about that on my Twitter showing off what it can do, the combo of those two. But yeah, I've basically been playing a lot of blocky games. Uh, blocky games? Uh, Blocky game, and then this, yeah. Um, and I have to say, the Terraria, hopping back to Terraria talk, uh, those that have come in and, and have played it, and really they're like pros and know the ins and outs of it, they've been super cool. They've been popping into chat and they're like, hey, um, you know that you can just push this button and it saves you like the 10 minutes you spent organizing your inventory, right? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> uh, Sure enough, there was a button press. There was a simple button I pressed and it did all the auto inventory that I usually spent like 10 minutes doing when I come back from an excavation or, or digging down or whatever it may be. Or, you know, they're like, hey, you know, you probably want to go after these particular boots, insert name that I have no idea what it is. But they, you know, random people pop in, they guide me through it. So the community from Tri has been super cool. Super cool. That's about awesome. It. And bringing up new people, so um, still going to go through the game. Honestly, I'm going to see what it looks like to try to go for 100 percent achievements on that game. Heard two of them are really rough. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been up to uh, regarding gaming. Very cool. But. Uh, uh, I guess we actually need to talk about gaming news. Yeah, and, you know, uh, we've got topics of gaming news, upcoming movies. I mean, that's really yeah. what people listen to this podcast for. Right, right. Not, not, yeah. Yeah, it, this one came out of left field. It really did. Like, I, nobody. It did. Um, I, uh, I saw old or George, um, Gia, Jeff Knightley. Yeah, uh, you probably recognize that name because he's attended a lot of the uh, 
a lot of expos regarding gaming, regarding technology. He's a very good interviewer, host of Game Awards. Kylie, excuse me. Kylie. Jeff Kylie. I butchered that name really bad. Jeff Kylie. I did kind of butcher uh, that name. Yeah. I apologize, Jeff. Yeah, apologize. Sorry, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a great host, um, a great interviewer. He's really worked his way up since you've, you know, he showed off an old video from E3 2006. And, um, you know, he, you can see him kind of just spreading his wings at that time with how he does interviews and everything. But now he, he can commands a presence when he's interviewing people, um, does great interviews. And now he's leading an effort to basically revamp how we've thought about game announcements. Um, yeah, or I don't, I don't know about you detach, but I know, um, ever since I started following the majority of the big announcements of gaming, when E3 rolled around, that was like my second Christmas. Oh yeah. Any of the big game events like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or it it was so cool because I could sit down and, you know, it's it's summertime or I I actually take some days off and I'd sit down in game and right above me, there'd be newsreels going about the latest what's happening. Three talking about the latest announcements, interviewing about people. And it was like, I mean, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, this whole event became, I mean, there were watch parties. I mean, people took time Mm -hmm. off for work. I mean, they became massive events because you, you booked them out, you know, a year in advance. You got your tickets. You flew out to the event. Uh, I mean, these these weren't small time things. I mean, especially events like E3. E3 was huge. You know, it's it's kind of shrunk down and changed over the years. But you look at some of these, uh, you know, big cons and stuff that happened throughout the year that talk about these different games. Yeah, I mean, they're huge events. And like you said, this this topic, the the summer fest that was announced uh, really kind of hit the social media by storm and left field. Nobody really even saw it coming. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, and the, you know, first post that I saw, I don't know if there's anything predating this was Jeff. He posted on his Twitter match. I, I firmly believe he was a main driver and organizer of all of it. Cause he's a lot of uh, the game awards and a lot of others has been him as the, yeah as the uh kind of the the organizer of all of it i was trying to think of a better word like it was his brainchild but a lot of it is i you know this might be his brainchild coming up with it working with all the people because he does such a good job at it um but just the idea of it is so cool the entirety uh the actual actual name of it is the summer game fest and just the picture he shows up there about phase one and it has dates of May through August 2020. Uh, you have huge names on there. 2K, Activision, EA, yeah. Steam, uh, Bethesda. The list goes on. Bungie and is even on there. Bungie. Bungie, um, CD Projekt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Xbox. I mean, they're all of it. You, you think of one up. Oh, Sony's even PlayStation's on there. So. But to have to have something span those four months of summer like immediately took me back to when I was a teenager. Like you're waiting for school to get out and you know, summer's going to be a blast. Right. Right. Yeah. And you're like carefree, whatever, you know, I don't have school until August. All right. We're, <laughs> we're going to go. What, whatever you guys did. Um, 
but you know, we're adults now. We got adult, unfortunately. And no, no. Well, I mean, sort of, sort of. There's, there's, there's bills yeah. to pay and stuff like that. Ooh, you said a dirty word. Yeah, I know. Uh, but I got, I went back, and I still had that, you know, hadn't had that feeling of, oh, this could be awesome. Those those months of summer can be exciting. We're going to look forward to the Nunes Mountain over a period of four months. Yeah, it'd be huge. That's, I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. I mean, uh, uh-uh. you look at what the entertainment business does for movies, like the big summer blockbusters, that big hype that comes out. I mean, now we've got something kind of like that for games. Yes. Those, those summer months are huge, drives a lot of traffic. Yeah. Uh, and the graphic that they released for this, it says summer game fest, but it says lineup phase one. So That's true. How, how many phases of this thing are we going to have? I mean, there's one, two, three. I mean, there's like 10 companies on phase one, but it doesn't really break any of that timeline down for us. So that's kind of what's exciting is they didn't give a lot of details other than just, Hey, uh, here's the months, here's all the companies and they're going to be showing a lot of this off. Now I did, I did see that uh, you can go out to the summergamefest.com website there's really nothing out there right now except just the promotional graphics and you can sign up for, you know, updates when they're going to go live for their announcements and what's coming. And they've got a lot of different platforms that you can sign up through Twitter, Facebook, uh, yep. Twitch, and you're even through your email. So I've gone up there and followed them over on Twitter and actually f- did the whole uh, Twitter announcement piece. So it kind of, notifies me because this is huge. nice yeah well and i i see it as the the next evolution of how we get news for gaming because yeah those conferences were huge um and uh you know they were bringing in the big bucks but as we as um uh, entertainment connoisseurs were becoming more and more of the streaming the virtual the how mm-hmm. can I get this experience at home? How can I reach more people? Because honestly, you will. You you integrate that more into um, into your virtual and your remote users, and you don't. You can have much more revenue that way. Absolutely, I would think. Uh, along with reaching more people, entertaining more people, um, and, yeah, and so there's always there's always the physical limitation of being, being able to fly somewhere, go someplace that you don't live and, right. and attend an event. I mean, we've been to events ourselves and you know, it takes planning. It takes money. It takes time. It takes time away from your family being, you know, family men that we are. So yeah, there's a, there's a time commitment that goes with that, but something like this uh, could change the way that we see events and how the game companies present their material from now on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't, there is no note on the Twitter or anywhere that you saw the Summer Games Fest where they notate a physical location. So I, um, and the way they marked it so far is it's going to be 100% virtual, along with that they're tying in working with these companies to create uh, summer dedicated and um, celebratory events. Yeah. And game that was the, to tie that it all together. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was really cool that they're going to be doing that. Well, and they 
did they give any of uh, like details on the events? Are they talking events within side specific games that they're going to be previewing? You know, like for instance, Bungie. Bungie is known with inside of Destiny always doing uh, seasonal events. Are they talking about doing an event within the game? Well, according to the Twitter, the one they have pinned uh, on their on their um, on their homepage, all the news you've been waiting for, playable content, in-game events, and more from the video game industry. Um, so let's see. Let's say the full treat. Welcome to Summerfest Games, a four-month-long, industry-wide celebration of gaming. All the news you've been waiting for, playable content, in-game events, and more for the video game industry. So actually re-rating that now for the third time, it seems like uh, I was taking in effect that they would kind of work together and kind of help build summer type events and games. And I thought that was really cool. Then thought some games already did that, right? Because World of Warcraft has their uh, has their summer event. There's several others that would throw summertime events. Overwatch has theirs springtime into summer so i was like okay uh, you can feel on the other games that don't already do that but now what it's it's sounding like to me is that uh they're going to bring that more to the forefront talking about those uh playable content those in-game events via this summer fest summer game fest excuse me okay that's the way i'm interpreting that but still that's i mean they from from the names he's pulled in and i mean it's it's just been announced it's not even two weeks old announcement yeah uh nothing on the web page besides get notified with live and it's just a graphic there's there's nothing else on the page um but it's already may so uh we got what less than 30 days to figure out what's going on or what's going to happen with their couple of because when they said it's going to start so and i'm sure they're still working on getting everything uh you know all the all the gears in place to start turning on on all the content they're going to start talking about but and i can't wait that first whatever the kickoff's going to be be it's going to be huge i bet it'll be good i mean we're only three days into may so hopefully something soon yeah absolutely um you want to take the next one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, off the topic of gaming events and into a soon-to-be-released game. I'm sure a lot of you have seen the trailer and the pictures floating around about this. And this was a long-rumored sequel that was coming, and that is Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Uh, A lot of people were curious as to what this was finally going to be. There was some stuff that came out, I believe it was in either Origins or Odyssey, that somebody found kind of a teaser for what they thought was going to be a Viking sequel for Assassin's Creed. And that is exactly what we have gotten. So Ubisoft just uh, released their trailer. What was it? Three days ago? Four days ago? I think it was three days ago. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you were to have watched this game preview or game trailer at an E3, 
up until the very end, you would have had no idea they were talking about an Assassin's Creed game. No, you wouldn't. You're like, whoa, it I want to play this like, Viking game. What is this? Yes, that's exact. I mean, I, I let my wife and the kids watch and they're like, Dad, that is such a cool Viking ship. And I'm like, yeah, it's an Assassin's Creed game. And they're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> it looked fan. And it honestly, one of the scenes during the ship as they were as they were coming across the water didn't even look like a game cinematic it looked like a film opening 4k footage in this game is going to be ridiculously good yeah absolutely beautiful yeah yeah what and you know like you said it was long rumored so uh i think we're going off the naming convention of it was going to be assassin creed ragnarok i think it was ragnarok uh, yeah yeah at least that, that was the name I've, I saw mentioned whether people were just kind of throwing that name out there as, uh, you know, what, a, what cool name of Vikings could be used. But they, they chose Valhalla, which is really cool. And I think will tie into the whole understanding of the game um, of, uh, of what you do in the game and how, how it's going to work out. But uh as mentioned, it it's takes place in the Viking era, so we're going back to or going to ninth century AD, which is crazy, uh, so crazy. Uh, which is later than we've been because we you know we've just got done Odyssey, so that's BC and Origins. Um, You're looking around the Egyptian I, time frame. Yep, Egyptians. You know, we had the. Uh, the uh, time frame of Assassin's Creed 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, see, 1 being the earliest that we've had up to that point uh, for a while until we got to Origins and Odyssey. So, right. But we're also going into an area that I don't know how they're going to tie this into the Assassin's Creed um, story. Because well, for those that... Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a good point. Again, we're a lot earlier than we've ever been. Um, don't spoil it just yet with the with the scene at the end of the trailer. Um, one, <laughs> I want to go over something with Valhalla. Um, I love okay. Norse myth- mythology. Um, it, it look at Thor, for instance. You know, look at those uh, Marvel movies that we had, and getting to see some of the Norse mythology that. Marvel added into their character Thor. I mean, this has been a widely used gaming and movie topic all throughout history. I mean, we've we've got the Vikings in a lot of different of the uh, the books. They've got their own comics. They've had their own movies. So this isn't an old area of exploration, but it's brand new for the Assassin's Creed game. And right. uh, you know, Valhalla, for instance, if you don't know anything about Valhalla, um, the Vikings considered it this enormous hall that was located in Asgard. And Asgard was ruled by their god Odin. So compare that to what we got in, say, Thor. You know, Thor being the son of Odin, and Odin was a character we got to see. Uh, you know, there's a lot of tie ins. I think they're going to. I think they're going to be use a lot of that Norse mythology. There's a good groundwork for it. I just, I'm curious how they're going to do it from a time frame. 
how are we going to see the Assassin's Creed story be tied together? Right. Well, and also, you know, uh, up to this point, every god of the different mythos that have been included in uh, all the Assassin's Creed have been tied back to the uh, this ancient civilization of people right. that uh, created the apples of Eden, the the artifacts that start off the or that we come to come to get very familiar with throughout the Assassin's Creed games. But so far, we know where everyone lines into uh, has been or and this is where it comes into play of who will figure out who this person is that plays Odin or or does somebody play Thor <laughs> yeah. as part of this mythos? So. I, uh, I really wonder about that and, and how. How that far out and can I, can I spoil it now? Oh, yeah, go ahead and spoil it. Yeah. So, yeah, spoilers okay. ahead, guys. If you haven't watched the trailer, we'll just spoil if it for you. If you haven't now. watched the trailer, at the very end, you're like, okay, this is cool. Axes and they're fighting. Like, this is very, very, it's like you're not seeing any hint of anything Assassin Creedy um, up until the uh, protagonist like stabs this very large knight. Uh, right before he's about to get killed or right before the protagonist is about to get killed with an assassin blade. Uh, and you're like, oh, there it is. And sure enough, you see right on the uh, right on his um, uh, forearm, the Assassin's Creed symbol. So. Uh, but how how does it get out that far? I mean, of course, there's many side Assassin's Creed games besides the mainstays that have hit consoles that have ventured out to China, out there, uh, have ventured out into, you know, the mainstays went out to America. This assassin went out there. Of course, that was very late in the uh, timeline compared to the others. You know, we were approaching the Revolutionary War. And it covers all that, but um, how they how they get out there? That's what I really wonder. It's like, how is it all going to tie back together? Because that's also what I enjoyed so much about Odyssey and Origins is this, you know, it tells the pre-story of why everything has taken place up to this, uh, with Origins being the creation of uh, Assassin's Creed and Odyssey being what has led up to that point. So, that's what I'm most wondering. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious what they're going to do. Now, here's a really f- cool part as well. This actually just came out about 15, hours ago or so. Uh, this is off of Respawn's first website. Uh, this is around Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But it says okay. that uh, dedicated fans have deciphered a secret message given on the website. And when the game was released and announced, there was an updated page that came out with the website that included a secret message. So some of their dedicated fans have taken the uh, decipher and they've actually been able to decrypt what the runes were saying on the screen. So if you, if you know anything about, uh, Viking Lord, they used runes and they, they looked at stars. They, they had a lot of that type of lore and this page actually had some grams of runes and 
basically a star layout on the web page. So what they've done says I managed to extract the whole image and started translating. He has done all kinds of stuff with with this translation. Now it is currently translated into an basically an old English. I can't read it, but they have <laughs> taken that entire message and they've decrypted it to a few sentences. And it looks like they are almost done with it. Uh, it says whoever the user was that found this, it says he's found the hidden runes were from a verse from a famous Norse poem, Havamai, Sayings of the High One. These poems were attributed to Odin. This is not the first Odin reference in Valhalla. We have already spotted his statue in the trailer of the game. And if you watch the game trailer, he's actually seen for just a brief second standing next to a tree, and he flies off as a crow. Um, and the main character even calls Odin out. He says Odin is with us. It does not yeah. say what the it doesn't say what this thing has actually been decrypted into yet, other than just the old English. So unfortunately, I can't read it for you guys. But uh, if you go out to the Assassin's Creed Valhalla website, I'm sure they've got some stuff out there. And just look it up on Respawn first and uh, see it for yourself. It's actually really cool. Yeah, they're they're definitely going to expand like that's one thing Ubisoft has been they do it about with every single Assassin's Creed game or close to it. Um when they get to big plot points or anything like that or just building up to the game, they'll release little nuggets, maybe tying in some background information on what we're going to get into with the Assassin's Creed game. So that's going to be really cool to start learning about all that once those diehards out there and, and very amazing people decode little breadcrumbs that keep falling. Oh, wait a minute. I just uh -oh. found a version that is fully Okay, so from all of the runes that they found, this is the decrypted words that they have put out here. Now, I'm just going off of the website. I'm not saying this is what it says. I'm saying this is what the website says it is. You're hearing so your first guys detached is saying it is decrypted down to this saying, cows die, kinsmen die, so must die oneself, the same, but I know something that can't die each dead man's judgment. And that is all they've decrypted so far. Uh, which fits right in line with, you know, the idea of Valhalla, because Valhalla right. is the, the thought of the afterlife and it is where the great warriors, if, if you're worthy enough, you go there. So that's really cool. Even if uh, a sliver I, of that's correct, that's that's really cool. It is really cool. Uh, I, a lot of games are starting to do this worldview thing of going outside of their virtual game. And decrypting and doing things outside in the real world to get in-game stuff. Yep. We've seen this with a lot of game companies. So. I hope that Ubisoft continues this and, and this is not just, you know, some little fun thing for the launch. I hope they keep this in the game and they, they expand on this. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, along with along with the little breadcrumbs that keep happening, um, what they've talked about the game is and this may come as um uh some people don't like because they didn't like this about Origins or Odyssey, that they're even more going down the RPG aspect of what we've come to see in the Assassin's Creed game. And, you know, some people say, oh, but it's they're no longer Assassin's Creed game. And you're you know that that's correct, but it also it's not correct. You know, they're they're moving it to where Assassin's Creed is a brand. It's not where hooded we're by default hooded figures that are always assassinating everything. And that's just what we do. But it's right. all about the story, the lore, the the uh, all the tie in to all that. But me personally, I enjoyed the RPG of Odyssey and 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 where it started in Origins very much. Yeah, Origins storyline was great. I am still working through Odyssey. So I haven't finished that storyline yet, but uh, I need to finish it before this game comes out. Yeah, I don't know that you would. Well, they may they, they could tie in some things that have happened in Odyssey because there's some pretty big events that take place. And it's just like. Whoa, um, yeah. when I finished I'm, it, when I finished I'm the main story, finish it. Yeah, I mainly just want to finish it for my own benefit, so I I get to see that story. Yeah, for sure. Um, but for me, the, getting even more into an RPG of Assassin's Creed uh, is, it, I look forward to it. I look forward to how we can customize our character, which it is confirmed you can have uh, either male or female antagonists uh, yep. as the main character. Um. So for all those that chose Cassandra or Odyssey, there you go. Um, or you can choose the male character, which we see in the trailer. But uh, yeah, there's a uh, uh, with the RPG. There's also going to be a focus on building a settlement because uh, they lay it out like you're traveling from the Norse world to where historically Vikings ended up in probably um, North America or uh, somewhere uh, looks like they just traveled from somewhere and they're you're setting up this settlement. Uh, actually, excuse me, because you're actually fighting um, in, in some of the kings in, in Europe. Um, but possibly going back to what we saw in like Assassin's Creed 2 and 3 from settlement management and build up, but on a much deeper level is what we're hearing regarding what's going to be in Valhalla. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yep. Now, Look forward you, to all that. You can pre-order the game as of now. It is up on the Ubisoft store, and I've even seen it out on a few of the other platforms, like Epic. Epic is open now to pre-orders. I don't know about Steam, mm-hmm. but... It looks like Ubisoft has a special edition that you can pre-order. So there's three different three different versions. Of course, there's the standard edition, which is just the game. It is $59.99, typical. There's the gold edition, which Ubisoft is pretty 
known for doing these gold editions and usually it's the game some extra stuff and a season pass it is 99.99 so 100 bucks for a gold steel book that is a chunk of change (laughs) for a video game so with this you get uh looks like some in-game stuff called the way of the berserker and you get the season pass that's it for 100 bucks wow and then they have the ultimate edition (laughs) for 119.99 which you know these collector's editions aren't cheap they never have been but it looks like you get quite a bit with this this ultimate edition includes the full game the season pass some type of bonus mission available at launch. You get the Berserker in-game gear pack. Uh, looks like you get some settlement packs as well to actually do in-game. And then on top of that, there is another edition that is only available on the Ubisoft store. And it looks like it is a collector's edition. No, it does not have a price to it yet. Looking at the the link. Looking at the page for the pre-orders right from Ubisoft.com. You have the pre-order for Xbox, PlayStation. Um, uh, You have pre-orders for PC from Epic. Which, but I don't see Steam, which tells me they may have signed a deal with Epic. To keep that exclusive to that that launcher. And good for Epic if they did that. That's huge. They scored it. Huge. Probably put out a chunk of change to do so, but uh, I know some people are going to be upset about that and and probably put off the, oh, we're going to wait for it to hit Steam. You know, usually those contracts go six or a year, six months to a year. Right. Um, But I've also heard a lot of people like, it's been since Black Flag since I've pre-ordered an Assassin's Creed game, but I'm pre-ordering this one. I'm seeing that a lot over the one. Twitters. Yeah. This is, this this is going to be a pre-order for me. Yeah. I pre-ordered said, Origins. Yep. Um, just because of the timeline and the story and everything that went into it, it was, I mean, it was, really was. It was a beautiful game. It was well done. Um, Odyssey, I did not pre-order. In fact, it was probably a year and a half after it came out before I even thought about getting it. Um, Still haven't finished it. This one, though, is going to be a pre-order. For sure. Yep. I I haven't pre-ordered. I'm I'm about the same with a lot of people. I don't think I pre-ordered since Assassin's Creed 3 when I picked up the steel book for that one. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I think I still have it somewhere. I specifically went and pre-ordered it so I could get the steel book from GameStop. So I, at the awesome. time, I was still very much physical, um, physical copies of games. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's so cool. Uh, but I haven't pre-ordered since. Uh, so uh, when I picked up Origins and Odyssey, they were part of the gold editions. They were on sale on Steam. So I was like, yeah, OK, yep. Or, or Xbox, I should say. Um, so this uh, but, this other edition that they're going to be releasing 
it doesn't uh, doesn't have any links out here yet for it, so I don't know when this is coming out. But it's the Assassin's Creed Valhalla Collector's Edition. Of course, you know Ubisoft usually does a lot of game companies do this for for their big games that are releasing. Uh, says Assassin's Creed Valhalla Collector's Edition comes with the Ultimate Pack, and that Ultimate Pack was 119 bucks. So you know, with all this extra, you're probably looking a 250 dollar, maybe more. Uh, along with all of the bonus digital content, you are getting physical items to include a 30 centimeter tall figurine depicting the fierce Viking warrior, uh, Eivor. I'm guessing that is the main character that we saw in the trailer. Tons of other physical collectibles. Of course, the steelbook case. You get, uh, everything from the soundtrack it looks like you've got lithographs in there. It looks like they've got some signed copies of things, maps, all kinds of stuff. There's going to be tons of collectors out there that are going to want to get their hands on that for sure. Yeah. According to the website, that collector's edition is $199.99. So $200. 200 to that statue. So you can have a um, statue. Yeah. Hey, I mean... And honestly, yeah. 200 bucks is cheaper than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, same. Same, because you get a lot. There, there's a lot in that. I mean, you got the art books, you got other figurines, along with this massive statue that's going to come with it. Uh, the game, everything that was in the Ultimate Edition. So, that's that's be pretty cool for them. Yeah. But, uh... It's going to be good. So, yeah. Ready for that one to hit. Uh, it comes out basically fall, winter time of 2020. They have not yeah, had the a... The only date they have now, yet. I mean, the only thing they notated on is holiday 2020. Yeah, holiday 2020. And actually, our next topic kind of covers some other stuff of uh, Valhalla as well. So I yep. think that's a nice little segue. It absolutely is. And that topic is the soon-to-take-place... Uh, inside Xbox, uh, they're gonna have an event come May seventh. Um, been watching and seeing and hoping that they are gonna stream it on uh anything or, or on other platforms besides Mixer. Though, if they keep it on Mixer, it's a total um uh, makes sense because they own Mixer, right? It's they their platform. They don't yeah. want it on any other. They don't want it on anything else. So, but if it does take place, then I uh, I will be co-hosting a kind of coverage of the event nice if it does take place so we're just kind of waiting and seeing uh but it's it's basically like microsoft's e3 of of what we're expecting uh well i wouldn't take it that far there we're really going over gameplays showing off the xbox series x and because that's that's one thing we haven't seen is is actual gameplay of what is possible with next-gen consoles. We haven't seen it from Microsoft. We haven't seen it from Sony. Uh, we've, you know, them, because that's one thing that's people like to see. Go up there, and I want you to play this game like you're playing on the Series X right now. And don't give me it's some true. pre-recorded audio of <laughs> <Right>. the junk <laughs> that, like, Ubisoft used to do when the first Division came out. Uh, they None did it with the second one, too. I know they did, they did it with the second one. Trash. Absolutely trash. <laughs> Nobody plays like that. Yeah. But yes, you're yeah. right. Um, 
the both of the systems, PlayStation and Xbox, look freaking impressive on paper. Now, I guess we get to see if uh, we actually are going to get that delivery because the these two machines on paper could revolutionize the whole, uh, you know, console war against PC. Right. Well, and the biggest thing is, is because we're going to a different type of storage now. So yeah. the idea of what loading screens will be, what world transitions will be a uh, thing of the past. We're going to have, you know, complete, it's going to completely change our understanding of, and even from a developer standpoint, their understanding of what they could code and what uh, little things they've had to keep out to allow for a smooth transition or open world games is, which is where we most get hit because like the low times in Skyrim's or, uh, any of those where you have big transitions, they get a load, a lot of data. It, it took a while, yeah. took a while because of those old storages, but they're, they're removing that they're optimizing and they're targeting. Each one is doing it. So, um, they, they've confirmed. We will see real time gameplay of future release games on the series X and. Uh, it's uh, confirmed Valhalla gameplay will debut at, inside xbox and that that's gonna be good especially with the new system and just what we saw in the trailer man i hope the transition of cinematic to gameplay looks flawless i hope it is really agreed because even even with uh what we saw in odyssey there was telltale times you can notice this is it Pre-rendered cinematic. Yep. This is a cinematic about to be gameplay. It was close. No doubt about it, but you could tell. Yeah. There was like different points. Little hiccup. Yeah. Little little hiccup or or the graphics would would drop just a little bit. um, For them. So uh, the screenshots Uh, of what we've seen on Valhalla and from all sources I've read, they're confirmed to be screenshots taken on a Series X. The game will outdo Odyssey with gorgeous scenery. And that's amazing because Odyssey's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there's moments in Odyssey where I would just stop and I'll go, wow. That's, there's points when I just, I I would go up to the highest spot and just look out and and see the islands, the look over Athens and just go, wow. Yeah. And there would be a lot of moments I bet in Valhalla too. You know, talking about the transition of cinematic to gameplay uh, makes me think of God of War 4. When, when it was released on the PlayStation, the, the cinematic to gameplay transition that they were able to pull off on that system was about as close as I've ever seen to not really knowing if it was gameplay or cinematic. It was yeah. that good. Yeah, and, I noticed, that, I know several players that were playing through it and they're like, oh, I have control now. Like, right. you couldn't even tell. And that was using the PS4 tech. So yeah. if we've got the new load times that they're saying we're going to get, I'm really excited to see what we're going to be able to do on the new games, how we're going to be able to play. And I'm super excited to see Valhalla. Yeah. Well, now you got me thinking, oh my gosh, God of War 5 on... PlayStation 5 oh. is going to look oh. so good. Yeah. I, so 
I'm not a huge PlayStation fan. They do have some really good games, but they're they're limited to the things that I enjoy. But when God of War 4 came out, the PlayStation was the one thing that I wanted just so I could play that stinking game. Yeah, you and you and everybody else, yeah. And honestly, well, if 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 it were still a thing, um, and I hadn't spoiled it for myself by watching people play it all the way through, um, I, same. I would be very tempted to go get a PlayStation to play it now, but I hold out hope. And that signs are showing that you know Sony is wising up and realizing they have an untapped market for PC players. Um or for some more for some more commerce or for people to buy it up. And some people will even rebuy it and replay it yeah. on PC. Because I know many uh, with the announcement or I think may still be like borderline rumor confirmed is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, but that, you know, Plus 60 frames, you know, max frames, un- unlocked frames. There's the term I'm going for. Frames, just increased graphics. It's going to look so good. Uh, pending, I mean, pending I, the team does a good port. Right. Sometimes they don't. Uh, we saw that with some of the Batman games when they went made their PC transition. Uh, you know, and it becomes successful. I've heard many people that are like, I'm going to rebuy this and I'm going to play it again. Now, because it was so good. Originally. Yep, and I have stayed away from watching. I've seen some cinematics. I, I kind of know, but I've stayed away from major story points or watching people play it all the way through. So I look forward to that. Um, but back to everything, God of War, God of War Five on PlayStation Five, because they did such yeah. a good job Huge. with God of War Four and looking at making it look so good. It's going to be just phenomenal. But uh, on, the, on the next gens. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, I could just continually sit here and think about and drool over the tech that's coming down uh, the pipeline for this holiday from the console gens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it's already May. That's crazy. It's too. I mean, May. you know, we're all in quarantine and all this time is flying by and I have there's so many things I want to do and I feel like I'm behind the schedule. But <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, I we'll think that's there. also the reason why Summer Game Fest felt like a, a breath of fresh air because it was something like we could all attend. It's happening. And that's maybe because it's happening, uh, because it's taking the form that it is. Uh, right. Because of things that are going on in the world right now. It's allowing us to, even while we are at home, we're going to be able to experience the latest updates and news about gaming uh, for the next four months. So, yeah, it'd be awesome. But regarding stay at home, um, I don't know about you, Detach, but that also means a lot more streaming of TV shows and movies. Oh. And with that, all, all of them, like this, like, okay, we're done with this season, this, this, you know, series. Okay, where's the next one? We're going to keep watching. Yeah. So, um, there's a couple. Uh, and I'll be honest, the list you put here, there's a couple here that has me intrigued. Um, uh, in the list here for upcoming TV shows, I gotta hit the different different streaming platforms. But I'll go ahead and let you start with the first one. 
Yeah, so I didn't stick with one specific platform. This is kind of all over the board just because, you know, we're in quarantine and we really don't know when we're coming off of quarantine. And, uh, you know, I love TV shows. I'm a huge sci-fi and fantasy guy and uh, just put some TV shows that I've been following for a while. One of these I'm sure you guys will probably be excited about. The other two, maybe you have no idea what it is. The first one is called The Stand. And I'm sure back in the probably early to mid 90s, maybe 93 to 96, somewhere in there, I'm thinking there was a TV show called The Stand that came out based off of the Stephen King's novel that uh, was released. It was an okay show. If you know anything about Stephen King and the TV adaptations they did of his novels, they weren't the greatest, uh, but they are remaking it. So The Stand is getting a brand new adaptation for TV. It's coming out on CBS All Access. Uh, it was announced back probably late January or so. So I don't really know exactly what they're going to be doing. The book was amazing. So if you guys don't anything about it, the series basically tells a story of a man-made plague that ravages America. It divides the survivors into two factions, and those factions end up clashing for the soul of humanity. So we shall see what happens. They've got some really good uh, actors that they've pulled in for it. It's going to have James Marsden, Amber Heard, uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Whoopi Goldberg, Greg Kinnear, and Nat Wolf, just to name a few. So I'm pretty excited about that one. Wow. That's, that's a lineup. It is a lineup. Yeah. That one's going to be fun. I wonder if it's one of those. I mean, Chris, it's, it's based off the stand, but I wonder if it was remade again. They're like, no, stuff's happening right now. Maybe we look at it. probably not, but right. it seems kind of coincidental. Yeah, I, it's supposed to debut sometime later this year. It doesn't say anything outside of just late 2020. And you said that's hitting CBS All Access? CBS All Access, yes. Okay. Yeah, Stephen King's one of those novelists that I've always enjoyed. Um, kind of have to, he's one of those writers that you either like or you don't like. There's really not any in between right. with him. Right. <laughs> he, he is a weird fella, but uh, he does a very interesting style of writing. He's a, he's a descriptive writer, so he can write 82,000 pages to describe, you know, a couple of things. And it, it takes a, takes a lot to read, but he does put it, he, he does put together a good story. I mean, he, he ultimately, he is like the king of horror. Oh yeah. You think of horror, it's like Stephen King. Yep. And it would be pretty cool if they, they, um, I, I'll admit, I know nothing of the stand. Um, but I, does it have any horror aspects to it, or is it just this narrative of this plague that ravages America? There are some, not so much horror as it is kind of this mystery that surrounds this plague. Uh, there are some abilities that people find out that they have. Not so much from a horror aspect, but it's not like you're going to jump out of your seat. 
but it kind of has that science fiction fantasy feel to it. Uh, it does. It does talk about there is a a group out of this faction that's led by a a guy that supposedly has psychic powers, uh, and that's where the book leads in. So, yeah, okay. it should be fun. Sounds cool. Might be one I check out. I mean, I, I haven't followed any of Stephen King's stuff, but that's um, because I. I'm not a huge fan of horror itself. I, I, I get people enjoy the movies that are based around horror and the books and all that, but this one, yes. I, I will keep my eyes open for this one to hit. Well, and, and here's something, I, if you like Stephen King, you, you know this, if you don't, then uh, you probably didn't, but all of his uh, books, all of the stories that he has written are actually put in place and they're told from Maine. Really? Every single one of his books ever written. Uh-huh. All of the all of the fictional places that were talked about and created, they were idealized and and all written about from Maine. Like Derry from It. There is a Derry, uh-huh. Maine. It is a real place. <laughs> wow. In Maine. Yeah. Uh, the Langoliers, the hometown yep. takes place inside Maine. Crazy. Langoliers was actually a book. I remember watching that show. Is it? I was. I do too. Too young to watch that show. Yeah, and we uh, on TV all the time. Scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Still like, ugh. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a it was a garbage movie, but um, like really bad. <laughs> like it's rated as one of the worst CGI effects of a game of a movie with Ever. how they did the Langoliers. But oh, uh, yeah, so bad. It was a, uh, yeah, but to, you know, to a young mind, you, you ignore that and notice this horrific thing coming after you. And yeah. Ugh. Okay. Uh, moving on away from getting away from that. Getting away so, from that. Get away from that. <laughs> this, this other one coming up um, after reading through the description you put on here has uh, it, it's another one I would check out. Uh, Cursed mm-hmm. is apparently is taking the place of a, a fantasy series based in a uh, storyline of Arthur, King Arthur, but uh, is before he came across Excalibur and a young woman discovers she has magical powers. So question is, is this young woman a replacement for Merlin? Or how does that, how, how does that work? I don't know. Uh, Cause I mean, you know? it, Merlin is a huge part of the Arthurian uh, legend. So we'll see. It, I suppose it to hit does. Uh, there's been tons of movies about Arthur. There's been a lot of uh, TV shows that they've done about it. So I'm curious to see where Netflix, this is a, this is a Netflix original. Uh, so we've yeah. got CBS all access with the stand. We've got Netflix for the cursed. Um, this is one that I've been following for quite a while. It actually uh, started back in mid 2018 and Netflix got the the script and stuff going for it but it never did get any traction for 
going forward. They had they had other things in 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 the works. Um, so this thing has finally gotten its traction, and it's supposed to be out later this year. Um, it's a live action series, and it is uh, illustrated from a novel that came from Frank Miller and Tom Wheeler. So basically, an adaptation of a book. And usually those are really good because they've got a good narrative and they've already got the foundation for the story. This They don't have to really add and fill. Yeah. Because uh, there's, there's been a couple, you know, retellings of Arthur that have been bad, but there's also been some that have been really good recently. I see recently, yeah. last 10 years or so. Um, like the TV show Merlin. I would say that's probably been one of my favorites. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, uh, that really tells it in a different way about the life of Arthur and what happens with him and Merlin and, um, and you know, re- retells it in, a, in, in what we've different than what we've become accustomed to, uh, where usually Merlin's told as being an old wizard or and, and King right. Arthur is much older when they interact or anything like that. So. But uh, all right, so but with still no no actual date for Kurt. No, no actual date. Uh, the only the only thing I was able to find on any of these shows is it's coming out later in 2020. But who knows? Yeah. Um, next on the list is one I know you're not excited about. No, not at all. Absolutely. No, not at all. Not, not like you just absolutely love this show on Netflix. This is one of my favorite shows ever created. Um, I, the, this this show hit all of the fields when it first came out. I remember, I remember my wife and I. We were living, um, we were living back in Arkansas uh, when this thing first came out. Of course, we've moved since, and uh, you know the show has just blown up. And uh, over the last few years, but when it first came out, the soundtrack that came with this made me and the wife feel like we were 12 again on our bikes and we were supposed to be out late causing mischief and doing all the things that 12 year olds did back in the you know late 80s and I, there was just such a nostalgia that came with the show and that's stranger things so uh, we know season four was announced but we don't really know a lot about it uh, season three I don't know. Did you finish watching season three? I haven't actually watched any of it. Oh my gosh. You have not been watching. <laughs> we, we need to, we need to do, we need to do an episode on stranger things and just break the show down, even though it's already been done by a ton of people. Uh, you would really like the show. I think you would. Yeah, I, I think I would too. I just need to sit down and actually start it. Uh, yeah. It's one of those, it's like, I'm very hesitant because of the little tiny details that you see from like, there's the Lego sets and there's the, the screenshots that I'm seeing and people talking about the next seasons and I'm like, ah, I don't, could this be something? And it, you know, it's honestly keeping me from watching. I just need to sit down, start episode, you know, season one, episode one and go. One of my one of my favorite things that started with with the, the with the first season, the the group of friends that they've got were down in you know their parents' basement. They had an, a, a fort basically set up, and it was their hangout. 
you know, they all had uh, walkie talkies and lights on their bike. And, you know, they had all the things that kids did back in, in my time, you know, the late eighties and early nineties, you kind of had no curfew. You just kind of did what you, you were home by the time the porch light came on. It just was very nostalgic. But right. one of the opening yeah. scenes was these kids were down playing Dungeons and Dragons and they were creating their, their, their scene. And they had this massive game that they'd been playing and it rotated with uh, each of the, each of the kids, like each month they would pick a new dungeon master and he would have to create the game. And it was just, I, you know, I did the same thing when I was a kid. We had our group of uh, homies that got together and we played all our nerd games and we sit in mom's basement and drank too much Mountain Dew and I <laughs> yeah, did all the things, right? Yeah. And then so. that's probably what will also be connect, connected, you know, when I go watch it. But... I know I'm excited for you all that are excited for season four because when they announced <laughs> it, I the Twitter's just exploded with all those that have followed. They're like, oh my god, what is happening? Yep. Well, so we just recently got a trailer for it, and we knew season four was coming just with where season three left off. And uh, you know, for for all of you that have watched the show, uh, this isn't going to really spoil anything for you just because of where things are at. Um, you just don't know enough on the background of what really happened. But in season three, where everything was left off, um, the Byers family has basically moved out. The families that we knew, the friends that we knew, um, they're leaving Hawkins. So this town takes place in Hawkins, Indiana. Uh, so that's where the show takes place. Um, we're probably looking around 83, 84, maybe 85-ish time frame. So, okay. um, the main kids and a member of the adopted family who turns out to be this, um, girl named 11. So now we're three seasons in, they have done what they think they need to get done and they're moving out of Hawkins. And that is where season three kind of ends. Um, with the rest of the friends being left in Hawkins and there's this weird tension going on. People are lost. They don't know what's really happened. And really the last scene you get is this family driving in their car and they find their new home. And Eleven, the, the main girl, opens up a card or a book from her father and, um, the scene that we get about her dad is he's been ported over to Siberia through some magical portal that he was sucked into. Um, so we're, we were kind of stuck in this limbo land of like, oh my gosh, what in the world just happened? They left everybody at the end of the show with kind of this weird, uncomfortable feeling, like you didn't know what was going to happen to everybody. And okay. then the trailer, the trailer hit was season four and it was her dad who got sucked up into, you know, the land of Siberia. It was all cold outside and they didn't really show anything except for his face. Popper is his name. And, uh, that was really it. They just kind of confirmed what we already knew from the end of three. And that was really the only 
teaser that we got. And there is literally like no details being strung out on the internet right now about the show. They like, they have got this sucker locked down. So unfortunately guys, no spoilers. <laughs> Good. Cause I still want to experience the show. Yes. Yeah. You need to. For which I knew nothing about what you're talking about. So very good on the explanation without spoiling anything. See, I, 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 yeah, I told you there would be no, no spoilers because you didn't know anything about it. But like, what, family? what are we talking about here? Siberia? Yeah, right. What? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I'll forget it. But now that you have that, um, yeah, it's supposed to be sometime later this year. They haven't actually given a launch date, but Netflix is pretty good about, uh, you know, launching the, the shows and giving a date of when it's supposed to come out. There's usually a preview up on their front screen. Um, right now, it just says, um, you know, season four coming later this year. Cool. Well, like I said, I'm excited for you all that are excited for it. And I know once I get into it, more than likely, I'll also be looking forward to it if I watch the first three seasons before its release. <laughs> so we still see. But, uh, so that was that was our TV shows that we're excited about. And now there's two fringe movies coming down the way that one I'm excited about because I played the game, played the game. A lot. Uh, and the second one, I didn't even know they're going to make a movie on it. I, I didn't either so, until three days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll get, we have to get to that last one. But the first one is. Monster Hunter. Uh, yeah. I think we talked. I think we like briefly went over Monster Hunter coming to the big screen on one of our previous podcasts. Um, we did. There was rumor about it. I don't remember. Right, there was rumor about it, and we hadn't even got like there was some released photos that people were upset about because it looked more modern than what we've come to associate with Monster Hunter. Right. Um, but then they released two. Uh, shots of the world of the characters holding the telltale weapons of the Monster Hunter universe. One holding a great bow and the other one holding a giant sword. Yeah. Yeah, that's giant sword. And uh, so promising there. Well, yeah. Two actors that they've got listed here, uh, very prominent in the fantasy action film area. Uh, First one being Tony Jaw, as you guys know, the uh, martial arts phenomenon. And then we've got Mila Jovovich, who is science fiction through and through, uh, resident evil, zombie killing, monster hunter. Yeah, she, she knows this world kind of in and out when it comes to the science fiction thing. Yeah. And I don't know how, I mean, I know why Isla's in there, but it also kind of like, oh, she hasn't had the best to run with movies that she's been in. No, um, they, they, they have not done that well, honestly. But uh, yeah, well, uh, there's one series that did really well. That was the that was the Resident Evil series. Um, yeah. But outside of that, her movies have not done good in in general. So uh, this yeah, is going to be and, and Resident Evil started really strong. And I think Resident Evil one, two, and then three, it started to lose fan base. Yep. Um, so 
Um, and then, of course, she was in the most recent Hellboy remake, which no fault to her own. Uh, people say she actually did pretty uh, good as acting, but it was really a director's and how they did that movie as a whole. Um, but uh, I, I, I hope it I hope it's good. Um, apparently, September 4th. Yeah. Is the date shown on those pictures? It's right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, we've got four months and it's supposed to be supposed to be out and about. So there's not a lot of hype going around about the movie right now. But uh, I think it's going to be a big undertaking. There's a big story behind Monster Hunter. I mean, it really kind of became a game phenomenon about a year and a half, maybe two years ago when the you know, Monster Hunter World came out, really started getting some traction. And then, you know, we get a little bit of rumor about the movie. Uh, the director of the movie is actually going to be Paul Anderson, who took on the Capcom games of Resident Evil and turned it into, you know, the movies. So he kind of has a little bit of a background of taking a game adaptation and turning it into a film. So maybe we've got some hope there. Yep. So, I mean, also in that same line, the, the last couple Resident Evils weren't the most favorable to fans. They were terrible. So. Yeah. They were terrible. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I have tried to watch the last one that just came out at least four times and I cannot get through the movie. It's so bad. Yeah, I think I, I haven't watched just cause I never had, I haven't got really access to it. And it's like, Oh, do I really want to pay the four bucks to um, rent it? No, but I want to complete and, and complete it. But uh, from the many, 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 many hours that I have put in uh, monster hunter, this has me excited purely for that fact. And, I would say it would be hard pressed for them to. I may jinx it right now, but it would be hard pressed for them to ruin even all the enjoyment of going and watching a Monster Hunter movie. Yeah. Now the I one just the one, up. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, the one concern that I do have is if you are a if you're a Monster Hunter game fan, the game has a Japanese flair to it. It has that Japanimation style with the character design, the big flare of the weapons. The story's good, but is it good enough to be able to turn into a movie? And yeah. are, are we going to see that same flare inside the movie that we see inside the game? I don't know. Probably not. But right. I, I do love the fact that we are getting a Monster Hunter movie. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't kill it. Oh, please don't kill it. Please, yeah, please let, don't let there it. be like a Monster Hunter 2 movie. Right. Hopefully, but, it's, uh, uh, hopefully it's good. Yep. This, um, so you, go ahead. This next one uh, just kind of hit me out of left field. I didn't even I have any idea that they were planning this movie. But apparently Borderlands is going to be coming to the big screen. What? I mean, cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't know I actually what like I never actually thought till now I was like, man, Borderlands would be pretty cool watching as a movie. 
It would. Nothing about it. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool watching this movie. Well, okay, so we see that right now, but the director that they have brought on board for the Borderlands is Eli Roth. Um, Huh. Horror movie, and his horror movies are very gruesome, over the top. I don't know if you've ever watched any of them. Probably not. Mm -mm. Um, Yep. The very first movie. Not a huge horror fan here. So the very first movie I ever watched of Eli Roth was Hostel. And it was a story about these college students that went over into the European countries and they got sucked into, you know, this hostel that was basically a torture and pleasure house. Like people getting chopped up and weird things happened to him. Like people paid money to torture these human beings. It was very grotesque. And of course, wow. you know, I was like 20 when the movie came out. My yeah, brain has forgotten a lot of all that crap because of just everything that was in it. So I, I don't really know. I mean, Borderlands is not that gruesome of a game. So for them to get a director like Eli Roth is kind of worrisome honestly but who knows i mean borderlands does have its kind of weird cyberpunk thing going on we'll see what happens yeah uh but it seems like he did direct you said uh death wish and this this is shocking the house within with clocks in its walls yeah, say say that title of a movie three times fast. Yeah. Yeah, with, which, uh, is a, which is a Jack Black movie. Jack Black, yep. I have, I've actually not watched that one yet. I just haven't got around to it, because, well, Jack yeah. Black. Yeah, but. I, I love Jack Black movies. You know, they're, they're lighthearted, they're funny. Uh, he's one of my favorite kind of dumb comedian actors. Um, the House with a Clock on Its Wall, though, had this kind of weird vibe to it thing i don't know it just didn't look good um but now that they've said eli roth i mean eli roth is known for even being in the tarantino movies so we'll see what happens there's yeah not a whole lot of information out there they said they don't have anything on casting or who they're going to be doing they don't have a release date in fact the last thing that i saw on it was on Eli Roth's Twitter account where he had announced that the, um, they had signed a contract for him coming out as the director. And he was just thanking everybody for welcoming him into the game family for borderlands and the production company that, that had, uh, hired him. And I can't remember the production company that was going to be doing it. It would be really cool to get Handsome Jack on big screen. Yeah, it would. Oh, they yeah, better cast definitely. him good, though. Because he was yeah. so good. Um, of course, it, w- it was the, the game, but he was uh, played so well with voice acting by the games for Handsome Jack. And yeah, I hope they get close to that with the movies. That's cool. Yeah. I I will happily keep my 
be looking out for any more news of that. I'm going to have to do some investigation. Yeah, I'm going to have to go search it. See what uh, see what else we can find on it. Uh, when they said when they said Handsome Jack coming to the big screen, the actor that really stood out to me for Handsome Jack was um, not Chris Pine, the other Chris that plays in Guardians of the Galaxy. Chris Pratt. Yes, Chris Pratt. Okay. Yeah. That, well, he kind of has that cocky attitude that goes along with what handsome Jack had. He might very well be because sometimes you can't you can't imagine them until they're in it. You're like, oh, that's him. Right. That's perfect. And I could be way off with that, but that's just who who came to mind. He kind of has that persona and personality to me. Right. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, uh, keeping I'll, um, I'm gonna go. I'm looking up like right now. I'm actually typing it as we speak. <laughs> I may or may not have been reading some things about it well, as you were talking. Yeah, you know, I, I was probably looking stuff up too. So, <laughs> while, while you're busy, uh, while you're busy typing and looking those things up, I think it's time to close this episode out and let our listeners know uh, where they can go find us. So. Uh, we want to say a uh, special thanks not only to our listeners out there, but for anybody who is serving on the front line for taking care of this COVID-19 outbreak. So thank you to all of our EMS workers, our nurses, the police, uh, firemen, maintenance guys, whoever you are out there delivering packages or mail, whatever. Thank you so much. You guys truly are the the workforce and the real heroes behind uh, keeping life going. So thank you. Agreed. And I will voice it as well. Thank you all, all of you on the front lines, healthcare workers. If you are in any way, shape or form uh, helping with the efforts to um, deal with patients or whatever it may be to um, just, just fight against the COVID-19 spread. Um, appreciate you and all that you do. And, and as detested, we also appreciate all the listeners support for the for the podcast um we're just i say it every time we're just two geeks that enjoy talking about uh all things geekery movies tv games all of it and uh appreciate all the support but with this episode if you guys did enjoy it you could be sure to subscribe to all things geekery podcast with any of your favorite podcasting apps and drop us a review on itunes or spotify as it does greatly help our uh, podcast grow. Absolutely. And you guys make sure you go out and follow us on Twitter. You can find me. That is at X detached X. You can find Victus over there as well at Victus ATG. And make sure you go follow our podcast account under at the ATG cast. We encourage you guys to find us because we post when the next episode's coming out. We're very active out on Twitter anyways, and we always enjoy connecting with our listeners. So hit us up. We'd love to find out who you are, where you're listening from. And if you guys want to join our Discord, come hang out with us, chat with us, and make sure you guys subscribe to the podcast. Because as Victor said, it truly does help our show grow. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And if you guys are looking for gaming content, uh, you can join me live uh, every weeknight, 8.30 Central Standard Time, over at twitch.tv forward slash VictusATG, where I stream uh, first-person shooters. Uh, currently playing, as mentioned earlier in the cast, I'm currently playing through Terraria and Minecraft right now, but uh, I could be in the future playing any new game or go back to play some old games. So look forward to you seeing you in the stream. Absolutely. And make sure you guys, if you ever want to see a certain topic or you want to reach out to us and have some mail, maybe have your name announced in the podcast, drop us a note, send that over to podcastatg at gmail.com. But guys, that wraps up this podcast. So as always, you guys stay awesome and we will see you in the next episode.